This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Yellow Home Podcast. Music's greatest songs, greatest songs, worth covering. Original classic hit makers. If you know this song, then you're going to be interested in the story. And if you don't know this song, then have a listen to this. This is what we were doing in the 80s. This song, this song and the band were absolutely huge. The song is called Everybody Wants to Rule the World and it's the best-selling single and the biggest song and known as the sort of signature song of Tears for Fears. That's the band. Yes, they're from the UK. Pop rock. Um, but more than that, I'm going to tell you about the song as well. Interesting stories all around. So let's talk about the song first. Um, it was written by the two members of Tears for Fears, Roland. I find that name so funny. Roland. 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 I like that. his name. There was a very famous series that I used to watch as a child called Grange Hill. It was about a school. And there was a little boy called Roland, didn't it? And Roland! And they were all saying it just for some reason. Anyway, I digress. Roland, Orzabal, and Ian Stanley, those are the two names. Um, and Chris Hughes produced a lot of their stuff and definitely produced this song. The song was released in 1985. 18th of March, 1985. This is a long time ago. I and was, it was five. <clears throat> Who are you? How old are you? I don't know how old I was. No, but it's got numbers in it, so let's be honest. I'm not going to do well with that. Um, it's the third single from the band's second album, and that's important because they had a they had a first album that didn't do all that. You know, they 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 were a struggling band. They were trying to get ahead of their time. Songs from the Big Chair was the album. Everyone, I remember, everyone had it. It was one of those. Uh, like my parents had it, all their friends had it, everybody had it. And uh, they were supposed to be the new wave, or they were part of the new wave and synth pop. So that's what you mean when you said, oh, it's from Hawaii. It's not from Hawaii, okay? There's no Hawaiian headdresses being flung around. The vibe. It's not the vibe. It's nothing Hawaiian. It's, uh, it's very 80s synth pop stuff. And later on, they went to do a bit more rock stuff. Um, the funny thing about this song is it kind of sounds uplifting when you sing it. The reason I actually have brought this to the music great is quite funny. So because I've been researching all sorts of genres and all sorts of years, um, I now get this really weird playlist that's suggested in the morning while I'm while I'm running or training. And uh, this song pump sort of just arrived and started playing and I thought, oh, I'm so going to do that song. I am so doing that one. Um, so, Thank you for doing that song. Yeah, I w but I did I did do a, oh, wow, how do I, what's, where's this come from? So here we are. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Sounds uplifting. It's not uplifting at all. It's actually about um, control, power, corruption, and really funny quote from um, Roland um, about the song in an interview. Mm. He got really cross because the last line of the song is supposed to be, I mean, they're singing Everybody Wants to Rule the World and you'll listen to it. Everybody Wants to Rule the World and the last line is supposed to be Everybody Wants to Go to War. And oh. the other members of the band went, nah. And the record label went, don't do that. Don't put that in. And it actually angered him because he's, he's a musician and that was the message Yeah, don't that control the creative to, freedom. Yeah, don't mess with me here. And, they, and actually the other band members though were like, can we not put that dark spin on it? Because it is quite buoyant and it's more buoyant than this band are normally used to. So the other song that they're famous for is a song called Shout. Um, shout, shout. Yeah. Let yeah, it yeah, all out. out, right? And that's punchy and it's slow and it's got this kind of methodical beat. They're not used to doing this, da, 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 you know, the Hawaiian thing. So it was a bit different for them, but they did mm. it. It was intentional. They wanted to get garner sort of attention in America, and they did it on pur purpose. Um, the music video was, I'm 
this is just amusing. The music video was directed uh, by a gentleman called Nigel Dick and got lots of promotion from MTV. Um, there was also a bassist called Kurt Smith who sang the lead vocal um, in an Austin Healy in the video driving around California. It's all super good, all, all amazing. Um, but this was absolutely huge. It, it literally just went everywhere and won them lots of awards. I'm going to go over to Tears for Fears now and talk about them because the band themselves are quite odd and I quite like that. I'm just 1985, you're saying? Yeah, 1985. Wow, that's great. And they, they nearly went on to play in Live Aid. Do you remember Live Aid? I remember Live Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, quite interesting hearing about um, Live Aid as well because they didn't end up appearing. They pulled out on the morning of. So you've got this pop rock band forming in Bath in England. Bath is beautiful. Not a lot happens in Bath. Um, it's one of those places that's very, very beautiful and your parents would go, like to go to Near drive London, around. Outside mm, Manchester. Two or three hours outside London, maybe. Um, very lovely. Lots of gorgeous houses. I like the word lovely. You know. Yeah, it is. You don't think band. You don't go, oh, wow, yeah, uh, but the most come, amazing band is going to come from out like, of Bath. Yeah, most uh, you know, interesting places ever. That's true. If you're from the north of England, you'll call it Bath. If you're from the south of England, you call it Bath. Wow. Yeah. Bath. So it's Bath to if me. If you're from Saudi Arabia, you call it Bath. Bath. That's American. That's American. Yeah. Bath. Bath. I'm going to Bath. <laughs> uh, so they had, a, they had a band, these guys, called Graduate. They disbanded that and they became Tears for Fears. Um, and, uh, and off they went with their new wave synthesizer sound. Um, they did a debut album called Hurting and it went into the UK albums chart, but not really. And then of course they bammed in with songs from the big chair, which had Shout and this particular song on it and just went up and down the billboards everywhere. Um, it was number one everywhere. It was Australia, it was America, it was the UK, it was the whole of Europe. Everybody loved this. Platinum selling um, of Seeds of Love. Do you remember that song? Sowing wow. the Seeds of Love. You see, you know all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and this that, was a really what, successful that's album. That's the same band. Yeah, same band. Wow. It's all the same band. Um, so... They had this thing, and in 1985, the Brit Awards then nominated them for Best Album. Um, this got Best Song. Chris Hughes got Best Producer, and they appeared and sang the actual song at the Brits. They were, they were literally living the dream, living their best lives, having the most incredible success. And then after this album, they kind of, they kind of fell off. And in between, there was a Live Aid moment. So 13th of July, 1985, Tears for Fears scheduled to perform at the JFK Stadium in Philadelphia for Live Aid. Now, do you remember they pushed backwards and forwards? I remember that. And who was that? The, David Bowie did a song with Mick Jagger. Yes. And it was an old um, Motown tune. Anyway, um, so they're all prepped to do this historic event. And then suddenly it was announced in the morning um, that they were pulling out of the show. And they were replaced by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. I don't even know who that is. Wow. And they played in, in Philadelphia. Now, the official reason given for that, for their non-appearance, was that the banking musicians, the, sorry, the backing musicians. The banking musicians. It's all about bankers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. No, the backing, the backing musicians couldn't do it because their contracts had ended. But actually, no one knows whether that really is the reason or whether actually there was a, there was a rift because the two members of Tears for Fears fell out 
fell out badly I later think that's on. The case. And uh, it was very acrimonious. They got back together in the year 2000. They've done some albums since and they've done lots of tours. But they've never had the success that this song garnered. Up and down, won awards everywhere. So now, see what you think about the song, because actually to them, it's a song about corruption, war, uh, humanity being evil, um, negativity. Like, the, it's a bad song. For me, this is a happy song. I'm like, yay, everybody wants to rule the world. Let's go, let's be positive. Yeah, yeah. So see what you think. This is Everybody Wants to Rule the World. The band are Tears for Fears, first released in 1985 and huge across the world globally. It's the music greats on Yalla Home. Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 5 p.m.